and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to put in a little plug for this podcast. For those that are able to help sponsor and keep this going, please consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast. There is a link in the show notes of every episode where it will say support this podcast. And if you click on it, it will bring you up to a page that will let you either donate $1 a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. You can stop it at any time, but it helps this podcast keep going. Also, I do have a merch store with different shirts related to plants. So if that is something you're interested in, the link to that is also in the show notes of every episode. And lastly, if you cannot contribute monetarily, that is totally fine. Sharing it with other plant lovers who you may think will like this podcast as well really helps, as well as just listening. So thank you for being here. As you can see, today's episode is about Inez Mejia. We're doing a woman in botany episode. I really love these. I love getting to know people that are within the field. I also do men in botany episodes, and I think we need to do one soon because it's been a hot minute since we have done that. But today we're covering Inez Mejia. Her full name is Inez Enriqueta Julieta Mejia. I do not speak Spanish, but I am trying my darndest here. She was a Mexican-American botanist and was one of the most successful botanists and female plant collectors of her time. And she's different from other women in botany we've covered because she started her career very late at the age of 55. I'm not saying 55 is incredibly old, but it's just very unusual to start a career that late in life. And so not only was she combating ageism and people, you know, discriminating her because she was an older woman, but also racism and sexism being a Mexican woman. So let's dive into her life. Inez was born on May 24, 1870 in Washington, D.C. Her father, Enrique Mejia, was a Mexican diplomat. And Inez, she kind of had a turbulent childhood. They moved around quite often because of her father's job. She was, however, born into two high-status families, so she was able to attend private school wherever they were at. Her parents did divorce, and her father moved to Mexico, while her and her six half-siblings, as well as her mom, lived at a ranch in Limestone, Texas. And Limestone, Texas actually today is known as Mejia, Texas, because it is named after Inez's grandfather, Jose Antonia Mejia. He was a Mexican general, very well known, and so Mejia, Texas is named in his honor. But they also lived in Philadelphia, in Ontario, Canada, and in Maryland, kind of all over the place. And Inez, she was pretty quiet, kind of an introverted child. She spent a lot of time reading, writing, and exploring outside. Once she had finished schooling, her and her family moved to Mexico in 1887 
to help with her father's ranch. And they actually ended up taking over this ranch when he passed away. Inez did get married, but she lost her first husband. His name was Armand de la Ua, and that was only after seven years of marriage. And around the time of Armand's death, she had started a pet and poultry stock raising business. So already, this is a very different start from most women that we've covered so far in our Women in Botany episodes. Most of them, at an early age, know that they want to go into the natural sciences or botany. But for Inez, she was kind of swept up into family responsibilities. She did remarry to a man named D. Augustin Regados. He was kind of a bum, to be completely honest. He actually ruined the family ranch financially. He bankrupted it. And so, of course, as you can imagine, they got divorced. That really messed with Inez, having to deal with that ranch going bankrupt. I'm sure their marriage would have been a little bit rocky dealing with that kind of behavior, but she did stay in Mexico and after about 30 years total of being there, she left. She went to San Francisco. She actually was having some severe mental health challenges and she just wanted help. She was 39 years old by the time that she left and basically she had suffered a mental and physical breakdown. So she went to go see a certain doctor, his name was Dr. Philip King Brown, and she saw this man for a total of 10 years. And like I said, he was in San Francisco, so that's where she was living. She became a social worker there, but soon discovered that her passion was really in environmentalism. And that was due to the encouragement of Dr. Brown, who told her about these groups, Save the Redwoods League and the Sierra Club, and she decided to give it a try. She joined them. She was, you know, living in Northern California, and she began going on excursions with the Sierra Club in the mountains, and she loved it. She quickly just fell in love with it. She was super interested in the region's ecology, especially the redwoods and the birds and plants within it. In 1921, she was She was at the age of 51, and she enrolled at UC Berkeley to study more about science and botany. Round of applause for Inez. That takes, I feel like, so much courage to go back to school at that age. I'm sure some of you can relate, but I know when I was getting my undergrad, there were a few women who were getting their undergrads, whether it was like their second degree or maybe it was their first, but I always loved getting to know them and hearing their stories. I've mentioned this before, but my major was landscape management. And so a lot of them would come in and wanting to go into landscape design. And oftentimes they were really good at it because they had been doing it already just kind of as a hobby. And so just to get, you know, the education, knowledge and know-how behind it, they would just excel and do so well. And they were the sweetest people too. So I like to imagine Inez as one of those ladies that just jumped right in and was really good at her craft of being a botanist. And while she was going through her schooling and everything, she actually was also working on becoming a U.S. citizen, which she did achieve at the age of 54. She went on her first plant collecting trip to Sinaloa, Mexico. She was sponsored by Stanford University, but pretty soon into that trip, she realized that she was much more productive on her own 
she didn't really love traveling with this group. She felt like they could slow her down, couldn't keep up with her pace. So she decided to go and get her own funding to venture alone with the help of local guides. And she specifically dove into the areas of the Mazatlan and Sierra Madre Mountains. Before she was going on one of these trips, she even wrote to Alice Eastwood, who we know we learned all about her. Oh, was it our last? I think it might have been our last Woman in Botany episode. I should look it up before I, before I say that, and it's not actually true. Let's see here. Episode 64. Ooh, yes, that was a while ago. It definitely was not our last Woman in Botany. But if you're interested in learning more about her, again, an amazing woman, you can listen to episode 64. But Inez wrote to her. She talked about how she was about to accompany Stanford's assistant herbarium curator, Roxana Ferris, on a collecting trip to Mexico. And in this letter, she wrote that she had found her purpose in life. And she said, I have a job where I produce something real and lasting. I love that. Don't we all wish for a job where we have that sense of fulfillment, where we produce something real and lasting? It makes me so happy that Inez found that. And I love that she found it in her 50s. Sometimes I get so worked up that maybe I'm not like doing my fullest potential or I haven't found something super fulfilling and I'm still working things out. But Inez found it when she was 51. And so there is no need to get in a huff and feel like you have to find it right at the second, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s. Just take a breath. It might come in your 50s and that is okay, as we will learn from Inez. I'm going to take a quick break here And when we come back, I want to talk more about Inez and exactly what she accomplished on all these trips because we've covered her life up to the point where she's kind of starting out on this botany journey. And I want to talk to you more about what she did for her career years. All right, I am back and ready to dive in to Inez Mejia's life and kind of the thick of her career. So she traveled and collected plants all over including some seldom visited regions of North and South America, such as Mount McKinley National Park in Alaska. She also collected in Mexico, Brazil, Peru, Chile, Ecuador, and Tierra del Fuego in Argentina. Her longest trip was two and a half years of traveling, and it included about 3,000 miles along the Amazon River from its delta down to its source in the Andes Mountains. So some pretty like rough and tough areas where there's not a whole lot of civilization. And as is a boss, that's that's all I'm saying. And I and I do kind of want to backpedal because on her first trip that we talked about where she figured out that she works better alone, she was actually mostly with a renowned botanist, Roxana Stinchfield Ferris. And as they were going around in the Sinaloa region of Mexico, um, Inez actually fell off of a cliff and fractured her ribs and injured her hand, but she kept going. That obviously did not deter her with that being her first trip. She decided, you know what, I'm fine. I want to keep doing this. And actually on that same trip, she found her first species to be named after her. 
It's called the Mimosa Mahiae. I think I'm saying that right. And it was actually dedicated to her by Joseph Nelson Rose. In just one second, I will tell you why she wasn't the one to name it after herself and why this other botanist did so for her. So she also discovered a, a whole new genus of Asteraceae known as Mejia anthus. And in her 13-year career, she collected around 145,000 specimens. 145,000. That is crazy to me. So she collected these for botanical study that included 500 new species, several of which were named after her. We talked about one of them. And this is why she did, wasn't the one naming them after herself and why other people did so. So she loved adventure and collecting plants, but she rarely, if ever, did the work of describing the plants and curating them. So she would get them all, but then after that, she was kind of done with them, wouldn't really study them and delve in. But she did have a friend named N. Floyd Bracelin, whom she called Bracy. They were very close. And Bracy was the one who curated the plants Inez collected. So they had this relationship that worked out of, okay, Inez is going to go out and do this really rigorous, adventurous work and collect them while Bracy would be back and at a lab or university of some sort, and she would go through these plants and categorize them, detail them out, and curate them for study and researchers later on. But as you can imagine, Inez often surprised people she met because she was not really your average lady. She never acted in a manner typical of a woman in the early 20th century. For one, she was usually traveling alone, she loved to ride horseback, she was most often wearing trousers or knickers, as they called them back then, and she also preferred to sleep outside even if beds or indoor accommodations were available. She just preferred to be out in the open air. And yeah, I can't imagine very many women in the early 20th century that were doing those same sort of things. I'm sure a lot of people thought, that sort of behavior was abrasive, but for Inez, it didn't deter her from living this life where she found a lot of fulfillment and joy in collecting plants and living in a way that she felt comfortable. In 1938, she was on her last expedition, or what would become her last expedition. She did not know it at the time. In Oaxaca, Mexico, she became sick and had to just abort the trip completely. She went back to the U.S., and when she got into a doctor where they could look at her, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And just one month later, she did pass away on July 12, 1938, at the age of 68. William E. Colby, who was then the secretary of the Sierra Club, wrote this about her. He said, All who knew Inez Mejia could not fail to be impressed by her friendly, unassuming spirit and by that rare courage which enabled her to travel much of the time alone in lands where few would dare to follow. So when she passed, she was very well known. She was very well loved because like William E. Colby said in this little eulogy, she was a very brave but friendly woman. 
and Inez is still remembered today. She's known and recognized as one of the most accomplished and prolific female botanists of her time, and she really demonstrated that there is no age limit to pursuing your life's passions. As of today, there are around 50 plants that have been named in her honor, and researchers still use her collections to this very day, with the help of Bracey, as we learned. And you can actually find the plants that Inez collected in many museums. They're also in universities. I know a lot of her collection is at an herbarium in New York. It's the William and Linda Steer Herbarium. If you are in that area, you could go and take a look at her work. She's also remembered because there is a canyon that was purchased in her honor in the Redwood State Park. It's called Fern Canyon in Prairie Creek, and you can go and visit it. I think there's a few trails that connect to it. The most well-known one is Fern Canyon Loop Trail, but this is because Inez especially loved ferns. And so when she donated all this money at the end of her life, to the Redwoods Association, this area was purchased for Inez. When I was looking at pictures, it is quite a stunning area. There's like these big canyon walls on both sides, almost like you are walking on a riverbed. It, it looks kind of wet, but not completely kind of a, a rocky, wet area. But anyways, these walls on each side, they go straight up, perhaps like 20 feet, and they are just covered with ferns growing all along the walls, so it's like these green walls around you. It was really, really pretty. And I want to end with this quote from Inez. She said, In all my travels, I've never been attacked by a wild animal, lost my way, or caught a disease. I don't think there's any place in the world where a woman can't venture. And I could not have said that better. If you are not a woman yourself, I know that you know women in your life, and I think to spread that idea where there is no place where a woman can't venture is very powerful. No matter your age, you can accomplish great things, and I think that is such a valuable lesson that Inez Mejia left with us. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plant School podcast. I really do love and appreciate you being here. I hope that you will join me in two weeks for a brand new episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast.